Chance Time. Hello, and welcome to Chance Time, a podcast about video games. The podcast is generic. The games are not. I am your host, <laughs> Curtis Lowe. Sorry. That was beautiful. I just, yeah, that was right off the, right off the cuff. Uh, I'm here with Paul Bills. Hi, Paul. Hello, it's me. Chance Time. And Ryan Speakman, he's here. Hello. Have you guys heard of the game Lion Simulator? No. I have not. Sounds I just great. saw it on to hear the, about it? the Switch eShop. Do you think it's on Steam, too? Do you think it's a multi-platform release? I mean... Did you say Lion or Lion? Lion Simulator Survival colon RPG Animal Battle. Oh, wow. Is the okay. full title. It's two ninety nine right now on the Switch eShop. Ooh, what a deal! I found the line simulator, like like what you draw with a pencil. <laughs> yeah, on Steam. No, no lion simulator on Steam. Man. This is a Switch exclusive. It kind of looks like bigger Age of Empires graphics. Ooh, even better. Anyways, sorry, I'm back. Well, we're all just downloading Lion Simulator. The episode's <laughs> over. That's it. Tune in next week for the Lion Simulator uh, review. <laughs> I was in Fiji. Is that interesting? It is interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. I've never been there. <laughs> so that's interesting to me. What do you do in what Fiji? Did you... Yeah, I was, I was going to say. at the ocean? Thing. Uh, I did do that for some time, honestly. Yeah, but nice. uh, uh, my father-in-law, Charlotte's dad, is an optometrist. And he sets up these free eye mm. care clinics um, and needs volunteers. And Oh, so you get to travel and be a good person. That is true. Both worlds. And, and we had to pay to do so. So it's <laughs> really the best of three worlds. But it, it honestly was an uh, an awesome experience. You really get to like know what people are like when you talk to them all day. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and cool. I know what it means when you point at the big letters on the chart for eye exams now, <laughs> and the little ones, not just the big ones. <laughs> Which ones are more important, the big ones or the little ones? Mm. I would assume the little ones. I mean, I would argue the big ones because if you can't see the big ones, there's probably more problems. Uh, that's cool. a good point. That's a good point. Let us know in the Discord <laughs> what's more important. <laughs> the big ones or the little ones. But we did other other cool stuff too. Fiji is cool. Did you see good birds? Did I see good birds? I didn't get good pictures, but I tried, as I always well, do. I but You're... did you see them? You don't uh, have to get good pictures. I just want to know if you saw them. <laughs> Let me send you guys a picture and Ooh, show okay. you one of the birds I saw. Also, I have a lot to talk about, even though I've only been <laughs> gone for one episode. <laughs> Let me see. Feels like eternity. Well, we skipped the week before that too, right? Oh, that's right. That's probably why. Um, also, when you have a long plane ride, it gives me so much to talk about. 
I'm really trying to find this picture. That is going to be so dumb. Perfect. Because if I can't find it in the next five seconds, I'll just tell you what it is. Oh, I found it. Good. Look at that bird. Is this a thing in bird watching, Paul, that the second you are about to take a picture of a bird, it flies away? Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, because I was wondering. Is it, this, is it this much in the corner? Yeah. I think that's called the the, the black, black red blur. <laughs> yes. Black red pony build blur. I saw the black red blur. Or bill, beak. It's probably got a beak. It's not a duck. <laughs> Here's one that I zoomed in my camera, so it's uh, it's it looks more like a bird, but when yeah. you really look at it, you can't see any distinguishing features. <laughs> it is definitely a bird. Though. It's got a shape, and then like there's two sticks and a beak. <laughs> got a long funny. beak. It is, yeah. Yeah, but every time we go on vacation, there is a conversation we have of like, we got to get a picture for, for Paul of a bird. <laughs> Brilliant. Paul, do people frequently just send you pictures of birds? Yeah, oh yeah. People and I love it so much every time. It is incredible every time. Especially like the more random the person, the better. Like the less interaction I've had with the person and then randomly just <laughs> sending me a picture of a bird, it's the best. Just like, you know, random distant relatives or like people I used to work with like a long time ago and haven't talked to or like it's it's great. <laughs> I genuinely love it every time. That's awesome. Uh but wow. as I've always said to many people, actually I haven't said this to a lot of people, but I think if you ever want to get to know me, follow my wife on Instagram. <laughs> because she posts way more than I do and my trip to Fiji is is there. <laughs> well documented. Uh-huh. And I bet you're in a lot of the photos. That's the key. Like yeah. to getting to know me. Is I'm in <laughs> the Instagram. What's How your, nice. Uh, you got this bonus. What do you call it? Uh, not Charlotte the Steamroy. <laughs> I recently saw that too when I searched Charlotte on Instagram. <laughs> Should we all follow Charlotte there the Stingray? I sent the a Fred, request. Whoever there. Charlotte the Stingray. Searching. Hmm. I don't know why this was the first recommendation for a search because there is an account. It is new. It has zero posts, zero followers, and zero following. I don't, I don't think Charlotte the Stingray has an account but it is a popular subject <laughs> oh this is the uh the miraculous virgin stingray that's giving birth uh, okay oh Try charlotte the stingray okay yeah, yeah, yeah i heard something about that uh well 
Mike Struckerberg just texted me and told me that we need to do one thing first before we do other things. So first, we want to do Mike Struckerberg. Sorry, Mike. Mike Struckerberg's <laughs> first things first. One thing. Um, I'll go because it'll probably go quick. Excellent. But Paul, this is your fault. I did it. Um, the next day after our, we recorded the podcast last week, um, I was just staring at. Balatro, which I think, honestly, I'm going to be real. I don't think that's a very good name. Because I have no idea what it means. Take that. Even after I was just like, I played it. I played it for like five hours. I'm like, this game's so good. I got to tell some tell like people about it because I know people who like this. And I went to tell them about it. And I was like, yeah, it's called Batralo or Batarlo, Balatro. Like I couldn't remember what it was called. I had to look it up every time. Um, but it is very good, and I just, I've played so much of it already, like, almost like a full day's worth, which is yeah, wild to me. You you um, did mention before we started recording that you have surpassed Paul in hours. Yes, I have <laughs> surpassed Paul in hours played, um, probably because I think, because whenever I have, like, a minute, you know, or a break I need from work or whatever, you know, I'll just, just play a little bit of Balatro. And it's just right there on my Steam Deck. It never closes. It's just constantly there. So <laughs> that's probably why. Um, Let's see. But yeah, it, it was good when I started it, and you get some good synergies, and then you get some real weird jokers and weird cards that show up, and you get excited about it and hope that you can make cool plays with it, and then something goes terribly wrong, and you lose, and then you just want to try again and again. <laughs> Which is, you know, the perfect description. I mean, that's what you want out of a roguelite. Um, I was telling Paul, was that today? We were talking about it. I've also been messaging and texting Paul constantly about it. <laughs> yeah. You gotta talk about I keep it. keep finding stuff, and I'm like, well, yeah. have you done this? Well, that's cool. Um, but yeah, um, the more you play, you know, you have more cards and jokers and stuff that you unlock. And I noticed this when I was playing Slay the Spire. That first, I remember my first Slay the Spire run, I finished finished it and like got to the end actually pretty easily because there's not a lot of cards unlocked yet. So it's easy to build synergies with the limited pool of cards that are available. Um, but then, same thing in this game, as you get more and more cards unlocked, the options for synergies and builds and stuff gets dramatically bigger um especially in this one because i feel like there's a lot of jokers that play off of each other well in different ways um but then uh, it's harder to get the cards that you need sometimes where you're like okay i've got these like two puzzle you know these two cards that are vital to this build i just need this thing and then it just doesn't show up as much as you look for it sometimes just that's just bad luck but yeah that just happens because there's more cards available to buy and stuff so I don't know. That's not a dig against Balatro. Balatro. But yeah. Um, I guess that's just a deck building thing, I feel like. Yeah, I guess yeah. the idea is you get you get more skills as you get more collection, so you should be able to figure it out, but it's yeah. not working for me. I'm I'm on a real cold streak right now. Would you yeah, say that I, that's just yeah. a roguelike trait? That yeah, too. Yeah, That's also true. Yeah. I gotta get For this sure. game. Although, but... 
I, I I also just highly recommend it. And I feel like it's easier if you've never played a rogue deck building roguelite game before. Which honestly, this is this is a good place to start because it's it feels like you're not not playing uh, solitaire, but almost something similar to that, you know, because it's already yeah. like Paul explained last week, it's already stuff that you're somewhat familiar with. And even a person like me who doesn't play poker and knows very little about poker, I just once I learned what the different hands that you can play are, like it's pretty easy to pick up from there and you don't have to worry about I don't know, like health and all that kind of stuff and mana costs and all that good stuff, you know, like in Slay the Spire. Um, this is just a lot more straightforward, but there's still like tons of options for builds and synergies and stuff. It's really great. So, one question I have for you, Paulo, because on their yeah. store page, I noticed this. They called out specifically, if I remember right, the music in it. There you go. Ah, down here. Yes. It says something like, um, to just like vibe with the, oh let the synthwave soundtrack wash over you wind down escape escape the daily grind and prepare to enter the ultimate rogue right flow state roguelike flow state yeah um so i read that i was like oh soundtrack must be pretty good and the soundtrack's there for sale too and that was exciting i don't i don't the soundtrack's fine <laughs> i don't know how you how do you feel about it uh yeah i mean it it definitely is like chill vibes um but is there even more than one song? <laughs> There's apparently five. I'm looking at the soundtrack. Oh. Yeah, I only could think of the the main menu song. That's the only one that's like, yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Granted, that was like I mean, way it, down on the description of the game. So yeah. I just, for I some mean, reason, it, that it, stuck out to me. Um, and then I'm like, oh, this it definitely cool. does help you chill with it and and get with the vibes like that part of it is true but yeah yeah, yeah i I'm will say buy the soundtrack for yeah, sure me either but i will say that the sound design itself is very satisfying and i really enjoy that a lot oh yeah that reminds There's me so of many inscription, good little, the little sounds yeah, that as you many... play cards and get points and as yeah, a multiplier and pops and shuffles. Yeah, yeah it's great even like the when you finish a, a round I don't know why I really enjoy like it shows you the money you got and stuff and then before it shows you uh the money you get from the leftover hands that you didn't play like it has the dotted line it's like <laughs> it pops up yeah I don't know I really I like know. that sound it's a good sound um and I also enjoy I've sped up the game speed now that I've like got a handle on how the game plays and stuff I just cranked up the game speed to top like the top number or whatever um but it's really satisfying to play a hand Oh really? I highly recommend. Once, you, especially once. Yeah, I didn't know that was a setting. Crank up the game speed, and I did it, and I was like, "This is too fast." But the more I played it, the more I'm like, "Yeah, I want this faster." Um, so now it's just you know, as the points like accumulate and it goes ding, 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 and all that stuff, um, yeah. it just goes faster, um, which is just nice. You get through it quicker. I will probably do that. Yeah. But I also like how, as when you play a big hand and there's a lot of like multipliers and chips to accumulate and stuff, the more all those little dings and pops go off. They get faster and faster the longer yeah, it goes on. That is, and a, that makes yeah, me happy that is too. Effect. Yeah, it's very satisfying. So it's a very good game. I recommend it. That's all. I gotta get it. Like, 
I feel like we're going to talk about this game more, maybe. <laughs> I'm. There's just too much to do. Too little time to play games. It's very true. I don't think I I had 23.7 hours to play this past week. Neither did I. <laughs> I am. Yeah. It's an inspirational story, honestly. I will say, last thing I'll say, if you're playing on Steam Deck or with a controller, just be careful not to mix up your play button and your discard button. Because that has happened to me far too many times where I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good play. I got perfect hand, and then I hit the discard button, and it all goes away, and I'm very sad. It's like the worst way to screw up, because that was your own fault. <laughs> you got too excited. So this uh, this is on Switch? Yes, it is on Switch. The only thing it's not on, and I wish it was, was on. it's not on mobile. It's okay. on Switch, PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. I can like... see. Go ahead, Paul. It's coming to mobile at some point. The, oh, the creator has already said they're testing it on mobile. Yeah. Oh, nice. Because honestly, I told my father-in-law about it, and I was like, I think you'd like this game because it's just a card game, essentially. Like, right. it's really what it is. You know, it's just just when you boil it down, it's essentially a card game. Don't you just? And he love likes card games. Tricking so, people I was like, into playing love this video game. games. Right. Yeah. It's the best. And he was, he thought he liked the idea of it and stuff. And he's like, I'm going to look it up. And then I went and looked it up. And I was like, I don't know if it's on mobile because he would definitely want to play it on his iPad, which would be a great place. Right. You know, he's got the nice, the oh, big, yeah. I don't know if it's an iPad Pro, but like it's a good screen and be perfect for this. But I'm sure, yeah, they'll get it. Because I noticed on Steam Deck, it has, it does have touch controls. I can drag stuff around a little bit. But anyway, yeah, it's very the only good. Reason I ask, I would definitely probably play it on steam definitely probably but uh i know that the, a majority of the listenership only has access to the switch yeah right so we got to know what the people think are they going to get it on switch i'm sure it would play just fine any just, any computer could win this or play this probably <laughs> it's interesting to me that um like usually these indie darling like solo developer games you know they have to go really big on steam and then they come to other platforms but this simultaneous released on everything yeah, on everything and even it, Xbox and playstation developer. which feels like a yeah. weird spot for this honestly so i mean congrats to this guy yeah he did it yeah I think what's his name? Local Thunk. Local Thunk. Yeah. yeah He's I, a millionaire now, so congrats. Yeah, that worked out for him. I wonder if it, has he said that he's gonna like add anything to this game in the future, updates and stuff. I I don't know. I haven't been looking, but like. How could you not? Although it, that's also crazy how full featured it is at release. Yeah, yeah. Like not to complain about it or anything, but like also adding more jokers and stuff would definitely make me come back. Like if he comes back in yeah. six months or a year or whatever, he's like, "Hey, I made fifty more jokers." Yeah. I'm like, "Okay, I'll come yeah. back and play." But like, there's so many stats it keeps for you, and like, like there's so much. Yeah, I guess. 
Yeah, it didn't have an early access period, but it did have a demo period. That's where I first heard about it. I saw someone randomly post yeah. about it on social media somewhere and how good it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's very impressive. It'll just be a game that you could play whenever. It feels That's like a very good really evergreen dirty. game. Yeah. You can open it up and say, yeah, I just want to do one run. And then you'll lose in like the second round or whatever. And you're like, let's try again. And then it'll happen a few times. And then you've played for two hours and you're like, what happened? You can open up the application, hit play game, you play the game, and then quit. It's the dream gameplay loop. That's the the dream. (laughs) That's it. It's perfected. (laughs) Uh, Paul, do you want to go next? Then we'll let Ryan talk for the rest of the episode. You you guys can stop me. Whatever. But yes, I I do think Paul should go next. I just know you have a lot to say. I'm going to give you guys options, though. We'll, we'll do that. Okay. Um, I mean, I've also been playing a lot of Bellatro. Um, I don't know if I... Yeah, I don't think there's an NDA on this. I got invited into the gigantic Rampage Edition playtest on Steam, so I tried that a little bit. Do you guys remember Gigantic, or did you ever know about Gigantic? I, I think you mentioned it last episode. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mentioned that it was, like, one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, so yeah, because they announced it, I just clicked the button on Steam to be asked to be in the um, playtest. And I got in, and I think... I will want to play this game on PlayStation, but I also think I will want to play this game because it's only going to be 20 bucks and it'll be a good, like, you know, kind of like Overwatch, kind of like League of Legends, but I really like the character design and the overall art direction of it. Um, Yeah, and so the playtest just kind of confirmed to me that, yeah, I am interested in this. comes out in April. Um, I'll probably be picking it up on PlayStation and just shooters on mouse. I know it's like the better way to do it, but I I hate it. <laughs> I'm not good at it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I've been playing that. Or I ha- I I haven't been playing it. I played it like a couple times during the playtest, and I think the playtest is over now. Uh, yeah, Steam only gives me the option to uninstall it, so it must be the test must be over. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, other than that, I've just been playing a crazy amount of Bellatro, and one of my prouder gaming achievements in a while is getting 28 million points in one hand. So, 28 million? Good. Wow. Yeah. That's that's impressive. Impressive. Oh, and that's what I'm saying. Like I was getting these crazy good games and I was feeling like I was getting the game and now I'm on this super cold streak that's been going on forever. And I'm like, what is going on? Where did it all go? I was doing you got so well. The, you won with the black deck already, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that I won with all the standard forever. decks. Oh man. Yeah. That was rough. 
Oh, you want, what's it called? The mystical deck? Magical deck? The magic deck. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it lets you start with two fools, which is helpful if you get something. If you get to the use right tarot with. card to use it with, it yeah. can go really well. But then you got to get the right joker to go with the right tarot card. That's yeah. the struggle. So are you saying tarot? Tarot? How do you say it? Tarot? I would say tarot. Tarot, yeah. It's just tarot. tarot. I'm saying it like a character. <laughs> I I don't want to. I do not want to say anything disparaging about it because I feel bad for you, Curtis. You're panned for your takes on apples, for your takes on candy. <laughs> we can't pan you for a mispronunciation. It's okay, you know. <laughs> Fine, I get it. It's one of those words that I've always read but never actually said out loud. What's what's it's, funny to me is probably not a thing you talk about very often. No, I don't talk <laughs> to anyone about. That's fair, yeah. Carrot cards. <laughs> what's funny to me is I was reading the Discord before I listened to last week's episode, and I thought a fight had broken out on the episode about apples. <laughs> like Paul and, and I were yelling at each other. Uh, yeah, and then I listened to the episode, and it was like the most innocent conversation of like, "Oh, you don't like this? That's that's interesting. I I like it." And then I looked at the I Discord can't and Paul yelling at anybody. Yeah, <laughs> neither of you, honestly. And then I looked at the Discord, oh. and everybody's like, "Red Delicious is of the devil," including myself. <laughs> yeah, what did? What was it called? Blasphemy? Did someone say? Someone say that? I think. Yes, I believe Marissa. Oh, yeah. Is Marissa said that? A little, a little extreme, but it's fine. It is. It is surprising <laughs> to me because I do think Red Delicious is not good. <laughs> I did. I did actually talk to my mom, and I was like, "What? What apples did you buy us growing up?" Because this has become a thing, like Tootsie Rolls. And she's like, "Oh, I think it was either Golden Delicious or Red Delicious." I'm like, "Golden Delicious." So yeah, I don't think those I don't think those are a thing anymore. I'm like, oh, that makes sense then. So I guess it was just a thing I grew up with. So there you go. But have, did you try Cosmic Crisp this week? No, I haven't gotten a chance to yet. I think we need a live okay. Okay. tasting episode of the Cosmic Crisp. Apples. Yeah. Will you guys I, eat a Red Delicious apple at the same time? I do, <laughs> I do think it yeah, would be funny yeah. if, for someone who's never seen this podcast, they see stuff like backlog episode, wish list episode, and then just ranking apples. <laughs> Apple tier list. Apple tier list. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, they must be talking like iPhones or anything." Like, no. <laughs> Red delicious <laughs> cosmic. Crisp, Cosmic Crisp, Crisp, what was it? Whatever it was. Cosmic Crisp, you got it. Cosmic Crisp. That sounds like a candy bar. Oh, man. It tastes like one, too. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Beautiful. I just call that. Oh, man. Apples came back. (laughs) I did have another 
take on food that I was going to throw you guys' way, but we've already p- talked plenty of that. <laughs> so, but after that, and after the Tootsie Roll thing, I was like, oh, the Tootsie Roll thing's funny, whatever, you know. Then the Apple thing happened, and now I'm like questioning it, all my like food choices. <laughs> but we don't need to do that two weeks in a row. Yeah. So. Well, previous guest of the show, Davis, uh, when he worked with me and Paul, said one of the most interesting food takes I've ever heard. Do you remember this, Paul? I probably will in a second, but I, I, I can't I'm, think of I might be butchering right it, but it was something to the effect of like r- raspberry flavored things are better than actual raspberries. Something like that. I'll have, to, this, I'll have to ask him the exact thing. But like when he said that, everybody was like, are you kidding me? And he had a similar <laughs> existential crisis that I remember talking to him about. What does that mean, though? Like, like, like he'd rather eat raspberry flavored candy yeah, than... Yeah, artificial like, raspberry, raspberry flavor is better than... And it, it might have been something like artificial blue raspberry is better than like any other fruit or something like that. I got to oh. get the exact quote. That's very well. Blue raspberry is not even a real fruit flavor. Is yeah, it? like it's just blue. Blue, <laughs> yeah. I think I watched a video about that once actually, and they're like, "Yeah, this is just blue. It's not actually a." I don't. Know, I'd have to look that up again before I say that for sure. But isn't that supposed to be blueberry mixed with la- raspberry? I always. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I remember watching a video and I was like, podcast. "Yeah, blue blue fruits don't really yeah. like when like when you crush a blueberry, it's not blue inside, you know, like yeah, so it's not really like a true blue berry, you know, of any kind. So it was like they wanted a blue flavor because everyone likes the color blue, so they made blue raspberry, but it's not really like a real fruit flavor. But I might I might be misremembering this like really bad, so don't take my word for it. <laughs> I watched a YouTube video on it once, and it was something like that. So clearly, true. Uh, you you basically took a college course on it. Essentially. What a also do like pause. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Gotta catch up. I had to. I'm eating something. I shouldn't be eating <laughs> while we're recording. <laughs> But I, I bought a bunch of or no, it is not apple or Oreos. Sorry. Have you seen these new cereal Oreos, or maybe what is a Photoshop of cereal Oreos or AI created Oreos? I can never no. tell anymore. I saw there's like cosmic ones or something. I'm gonna make sure it's real. Yeah, the cosmic, the cosmic Oreos are real, and it's basically Oreos with pop rocks in them. Yeah, which doesn't sound. Super great. Okay, here's okay. <clears throat> now we're on the subject. What's your favorite Oreo? We're about to get con- uh, into controversial territory on my my end. We're just already on the subject, so I'm just curious, and then we'll move on, and no one will ever talk about this again. I'm sure because everyone's gonna have very normal opinions. Uh, okay, I have to make sure. I'm looking up to make sure. Yeah, it's chocolate peanut butter pie Oreos are my favorite. Chocolate peanut butter pie? Yes. I have had those. Those are good. I've never heard of those. 
they're better than the official Reese's Oreos they did. Oh, they don't even have. I don't know, man. You gotta have the chocolate cookie. You know. Okay. Here's here's what I'm gonna tell you, Curtis. All right. Here's the take. Okay. My my absolute favorite is not as controversial, I think, but maybe it is. My favorite favorite is dark chocolate Oreos. I think those ones okay. are really good. Is that so? Is the cream the dark chocolate? The dark cream is dark chocolate. It's got chocolate Oreo cookies. Okay. Here's okay. here's the hot take that I can already tell you're going to disagree with. I think golden Oreos are better than normal Oreos. Wow. Ooh, that's an incorrect opinion. <laughs> that is very interesting. Yes. <laughs> but also, they're like not the same. But I also, can, why I would you eat that. a golden Oreo over a chocolate Oreo? They're I not the same, but why would you eat that? Why? <laughs> I like them. There's something about the normal Oreo that is uninteresting to me. And, you and just I, replace it with a great vanilla. word. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of chocolate and vanilla, you're just going to go vanilla, vanilla. And I, uh, the only way I can explain this is I've had so many plain Oreos in my life that I think it's you just burned about. I think that's what it is. And the golden Oreo, when it came out, I was like, this is newer to me, even though it's not a new concept. There are many sandwich cookies with vanilla cookies. That's so funny. Wow. But I do think that the chocolate cookie goes really well with that dark chocolate. I have to try that one. The only ones I buy are mint Oreos. I love the minty ones. Mint is I good. think they're the best. They have the right, because I do think the regular Oreos don't have enough cream inside in the middle. There's there's not enough of that. But the mint ones have, and they're not overly minty. You just get a nice hint of mint. Hinto mint. This is very good. That's my favorite. Maybe that wasn't as controversial. That's, I'm worried that like everyone's gonna be like, "What mint Oreos?" <laughs> but maybe that's okay. I like. Uh, that. One thing I will say is, if you buy a pack of Oreos in the United Kingdom, prepare to be disappointed. Oh, they they're are, different. They are very different. Interesting. Like they're. Not they're gross. I did not like I yeah. I did not like them. <laughs> the same thing happened like to me when I had Oreos in Guatemala and I was like, these are not the same. And I was yeah, very sad. I don't know what they do in America to Oreos, but they don't do the same thing in other countries. Yeah. <clears throat> Interesting. You know, so we got Mexican Coke, American Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> Did you I don't know if the Oreos one are thing different called? in Mexico. Did I start my one thing is the question? <laughs> oh, I did start. I started. I was talking about gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think Galatros. I finished. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick, before we move on though, I do have to say, one, I want to try both of those Oreos, except golden Oreos. I still don't know why you'd want to eat those. And two. Have you tried them? <laughs> Yeah, I mean they're okay. just vanilla. It's just it's vanilla. Oh, it's fine. Vanilla I wouldn't turn down flavor. golden Oreos, but what, Paul? I wouldn't turn down golden Oreos. Like, yeah, I'll, I mean I'll they're there. They're super good, but I wouldn't I call know. them better than the original. I'd I'd, I'd like probably them. eat one 
but you know. But I will say, because you know, I can't dip in my milk. That's the only way to eat Oreos, in my opinion, is you gotta have a glass of milk to go with it. I honestly disagree with that too, but I know that's a very unpopular and, opinion. As well. Whoa! But then, like, whoa. if you have a golden that's like a vanilla cookie, I don't want to dunk that in milk. You know, it's not for some reason that doesn't seem necessary, and it's not going to add anything to it. You know. I like my I'll say, my Oreos oh, crisp. I don't like any sog at all. Not even one percent sog. <laughs> Well, yeah, you can't dunk them too long. I'm not one of those people that like know. will just chuck their Oreos in the milk and then just like wait 20 minutes and then come I, back and eat a weird slushy thing. I, I want it basically disintegrated before it's yeah. in my mouth. Yeah, it's awful. I don't even. Mine's want in there like drop a half a second. <laughs> really? Wow. Wow. Well, I was just gonna say the best way to dip an Oreo is with a fork, but yes, you have brought this up on the podcast and. I tell I, many people this. I've seen I've seen people do it after you've told them. And they it's never the best stop. Way. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. It never That's stops. Well, they see the light. It's life changing. You see, it's people. it's wow. You know? You get a perfect dunk every time. Your fingers don't get any get wet at all. Perfect every time. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> this is not a food podcast. It's slowly becoming more. Recently, it is. Oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> Paul, did you have anything else to say about Gigantic? No. But to, to follow up on last week, I finished all 50 issues of Captain Marvel written by Kelly Thompson. And every single one is good. I freaking loved that run. And... I immediately started the next run of Captain Marvel, which is a miniseries called Captain Marvel Dark Tempest. And I am not enjoying it very much. I am missing Kelly Thompson already. Yeah. So the writer does make a difference, like Ryan has always told me. <laughs> I've never said that directly, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, but you really like certain writers. I do. And I, yes. I did not have any like certain writers in my mind that I liked like you did, but I guess now I do. I'm like, trying to think, what else has Kelly me... Thompson wrote? Yeah, so now she's writing Birds of Prey for DC, which is not a series that I would normally be interested in, but now I'm a little bit interested because she's writing it. Um, she also had a run on Black Widow that won a bunch of awards, actually, so that would be good to go back to, too. Who wrote uh, Kate Bishop Hawkeye? Was that also Kelly Thompson? Did she do oh, a run on that? Because I, I, I might have read that. Hold on. I'm going to go. I'll be right back. I'm going to walk to my bookshelf and check. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how to find this reliably. Comics are so confusing. So maybe oh, yeah, the best did. way to get into comics is ask someone who their favorite writer is and go that way. Yeah, that might be the way to do it. But yeah, there is. I found a Kelly Thompson Hawkeye run. Okay, I'm back. From 2017. Let's see. Where is the button I'm looking for? Here it is. Is it this one? Yes, that's the one I found. I have read this. It's pretty good. 
it's a follow-up to uh, the Matt Fraction Hawkeye that everyone loves. Uh, okay. Anyways. Anyway, one thing officially done now. All right. I'm going to start. Is that okay, Curtis? Yes, please do. I'm going to keep my camera on. And I'm going to show you guys something. Colors weave into a spire of flame. Distant sparks yeah. call to a pastel day. <laughs> you actually know those words. That's equally. I have the lyrics pulled, pulled up <laughs> on okay. my computer. Yes. Sora, I have all the Smash Bros. characters as amiibos now. I got oh, the Sora. Wow. It's even got. If you can see that, the little Mickey Mouse. Oh, it's got the Mickey keychain. Keychain on there. You'll notice on the bottom, it does not say, usually on the bottoms of Amiibos, if it's a third-party character, uh, it has the company on the bottom. This does not have Square Enix on the bottom. You probably can't read this, but this does say Disney on the bottom of an Amiibo, oh. which is yeah. crazy to me. Does it have a date on there either? It does Disney not have a asserting. date. Usually it's just like a string of numbers, amiibo, some other weird symbols, and then it'll say copyright Nintendo. And if it's like the banjo one says copyright rare um, and copyright Microsoft, I believe. Uh, but this one says copyright Disney. I mean, Sora is owned by Disney then? I guess so. I don't really know, yeah. honestly, though. That is interesting. But they did it. Also, I might as well just should... because the key keychains on there, so they're like, it's ours now. Yeah. <laughs> I might as well show you guys this too while I'm here. Uh, previously mentioned friend of the show, Davis. While I was gone, found a deal on something and I was not available. So he took the initiative and ordered it for me, thinking that I would order it. And I think you guys might appreciate it. It is a uh, Peter B. Parker <laughs> action figure. That's pretty good. Like uh, yes, there are many different like interchangeable parts on this. Which oh, that's I cool. Got to show you my favorite. Currently, he's got kind of like the dad bod gut, but you can interchange it with the abs. That's a level of detail that it you really can really is. respect. He also got these like web shooter hands that look like a Q-tip, but like it's got like the action shooting around. Nice, pretty cool. It's a lot of pieces. It here. Let me see if I can show you this without spilling all of them. Oh my gosh, that is <laughs> deluxe! And then it also comes with this base stand, so you can like put them in action poses. Them and stuff. Yeah. It's pretty cool. All right. That's enough about toys. I'm going to just kind of tell you guys some stuff and you choose what I want to talk about because we're already, let's see where we're at. We're 43 minutes in. Uh, sorry. No. The food thing ended up just, just came up. It's what know. I live for. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks. Yeah. We had to get those things out. So, uh, 
I watched two video game related movies, so I could talk about those. Oh, okay. Um, I did beat Prince of Persia: Lost Crown. Nice. I did do almost everything. There's one thing I decided I'm not going to do in Mario versus Donkey Kong: The Switch Remake. Could talk about that. I'm trying to keep it to just video game related stuff. And so that might be it. I don't know. Out of all of that, what would you guys like to hear? Mm. There might be something I'm missing. Are you guys there? Yes. Dealer's choice. I I I don't have a Whatever yeah. you want. Great. I'll talk about everything briefly. Speak your mind. Yes. Um. So we watched Gran Turismo. Have you guys watched this? No. I'm not. I've heard a lot about it. It's pretty good. I haven't watched it myself. I really liked it. Classic sports movie take, but based on real events. I recommend it. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, but pretty inspired. There were some parts I was like, take that people who think video games are a waste <laughs> of time. <laughs> Specifically, Idris Elba is the dad. I think that's the point of the movie. Yeah. But also, I don't think I would believe in my child either. <laughs> <laughs> if he just played Gran Turismo all day, is like, I'm going to race a car. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna do it. It's like, uh, okay, bud. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the one I gotta talk about. I watched Dumb Money. Do you remember this movie? Oh. Yeah, this is the GameStop movie. It's the movie about the GameStop stock situation. They made that so fast. They did. Like it's seriously been like less than two years since the actual events. There's a movie. It's crazy how fast it was it's crazy how good it is oh okay i was enthralled throughout the entire thing i am a person who knew game gamestop stock was going up and didn't really think too much about it other than like people were jumping on the trend and like hey yeah, you gonna get right. this but they really detail like the story of like this guy who is just like hey, I really believe in this stock. Everyone should buy it. And then just this entire community like realizing what it's doing to these hedge fund managers and all just holding despite all odds of like, we are all going to buy a lot of this and we are not going to sell it. And just <laughs> the chaos it brings to everything. I I could not, I like, it was one of those movies I started and I was like, I'm just going to watch like 45 minutes of this and then go to bed. And I ended up staying up the whole entire night, just watching it and being like, what is going to happen? This is so great. That's pretty good. Um, it is rated R for mostly language. So viewer beware, but it's on Netflix. So is Gran Turismo. Um, but I really I did not it. realize Dumb Money was on Netflix. Yeah. 
Netflix sends me almost daily emails about what's <laughs> new, and they didn't tell me about that one. Yeah, that's pretty good. And a, a crazy cast. Paul Dano, Seth Rogen, yeah. Nick Offerman, that's Pete cool. Davidson. Isn't, um, what's his name? Bucky. Yeah, Sebastian Stan as the owner of Robin Hood. Stan. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nuts cast. And um, Shailene Woodley, did you say her? Uh, no. Who does she play? I think she's the wife. Isn't she? Oh, yes, yeah, she's the wife. I forget who she, uh, what her name was, but I do. Yeah. And that was another great thing is just like the whole time, like everybody's like to the the. Uh, the main guy they're like why aren't you selling this you could make a bunch of money and he's like no i i can't do that i like believe in it and like everybody's telling him to sell except for his wife who's just like do you really think you know more, more stocks than my husband i don't know it's just a great <laughs> dynamic i really love that movie um good to know Prince of Persia, Lost Crown, I beat it. Not much to say, other than it was a great. And I leveled up my weapons all the way before I fought the final boss, and the final boss was a little too easy. So because maybe I should... the fact that you upgraded your weapons or because you're just so good? No, because there were some of the earlier bosses that like took me a while. I just feel like the final boss. I don't know. Part of me wonders if I should have played it on a higher difficulty. But it's um, a very fun game. I was going to say, that's a Ubisoft classic. Like, they love to let you be crazy over-prepared. Yeah, that, I guess that's true. Um, Like, every Assassin's Creed game... It's like, as soon as I do something that's supposed to be challenging, I'm just so crazy overpowered that it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, those games are never all that hard anyway, but... Yeah. Yeah, the first... There was, like, two or three bosses where I was like, this is a good challenge. But then there were a few where I was just like, all right, I beat this in one shot. Um, One thing I will say that I'm disappointed in is I have not 100%ed it, and that is kind of a debate I'm going through is if I want to 100% it. Because I haven't seen that there's any like real bonus for doing that. Um, But I'm sure there's things that I could enjoy experiencing that might make me go back. But when I was looking up reviews before, there were some people who were like, this game even has its own path of pain. Which, for those who don't know, mm -hmm. Hollow Knight has the Path of Pain, which is one of the most challenging platforming sections I've ever done. But it is challenging but fair. And it's very rewarding when you finish it. At least it was for me. And I cannot find evidence of what it is other than a few sections I've already completed, which were really fun, challenging platforming sections that I really enjoyed. But they weren't no path of pain. What are these people talking about? <laughs> the path of Have pain. You done That's the path also of a pain? Ubisoft. 
I did do the Path of Pain. And if you haven't done it, Curtis, yeah. you got to do it. It is uh, pain. That sounds like a lot of work. So I was just like, yeah. I didn't want to put the time uh, in for it, honestly. Fair. That's also a Ubisoft special, though, claiming that they have some great feature from some other game and it's not quite the same. <laughs> it's kind of an imitation <laughs> of it. But yeah, it is great. I do recommend it. Especially if you have some sort of OLED screen to play it on. The colors mm -hmm. really pop on those blacks. And it is... It's very fun. I, I really found it very good. Um... Not perfect, but I don't know. It's a great Metroidvania. And lastly, I do want to mention I bought Mario vs. Donkey Kong a few hours before oh. I got on the plane. <laughs> and that was kind of my main thing. And it's a great plane game. Have, have any of you played Mario vs. Donkey Kong in any iteration? No. I played the, the original version. Okay. So you've probably played the same exact game that I did. Maybe, yeah. Are you talking about it's a long time, long time, but the Donkey Kong '94 or Mario versus Donkey Kong Game Boy Advance? I played both of them. Okay, yeah. And this is exactly what it looks like. It's basically a phone game. You got a single screen puzzle. <laughs> you got a bunch of levels you got to complete, and. For a while, the pattern is you get a key and then you go to another single screen puzzle and then you find out how to get to the mini Mario, which that is the premise of the game. Donkey Kong sees an ad on TV for these Mario toys and really wants them. So he goes to the Mario factory and steals all the Mario toys. <laughs> uh, one thing I love about this game is every level you start with donkey kong's face comes out of the lock and looks side to side and then goes back into the lock on the door and it just looks really funny to me every time it happens <laughs> uh also the theme song really good it's a a mashup mashup of the mario bros theme and the donkey kong theme I'm not going to play it, but I really enjoyed that too. The rest of the music, pretty unremarkable. But that that main theme, I was like, how, is pe how have people not mashed these two songs together before? Um, then every stage also ends. Once you get all the mini Marios, you do a stage where you guide six mini Marios to collect the letters of the word toy which opens up a toy chest and then you have to get all the Mario's inside of the toy chest. And then you do a boss battle with Donkey Kong, which usually is he throws some barrels, you get them and you throw them at Donkey Kong in different iterations. Once you do that, once you beat all the worlds, then you unlock the advanced levels and the plus levels. And it's just more puzzles. And I knew what I was getting into with Mario versus Donkey Kong. I do wonder how many people were tricked 
by stuff like the Mario movie and they're like, oh, Mario and Donkey Kong in the same game? This has got to be great. <laughs> but I I could see that being a disappointment because it is just kind of like a generic puzzle platformer, which I like. And for the plane, it was great. Because my last playing game was Advanced Wars, which was very hard and frustrating in a small confined space. This was kind of like, there were some levels that like, they had a, a degree of challenge. There was one that I had to look up the solution because I played it a million times and I was like, I do not understand what I'm doing wrong. And I cannot figure this out. And then it was a really simple thing that I was like, I should have figured that out. Um, But I don't know. I like the graphics even though a lot of people have said that it's lost the aesthetic with the Game Boy Advance. But then I looked up screenshots of what it looked like on Game Boy Advance, and I was like, I don't know. I kind of like the the more polished toy aesthetic. Yeah, I don't remember the Game Boy Advance graphics being like, wow, like, you know. Yeah. Like they they look like low res version of what they have on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, fair. Honestly, at that point, I feel like the Mario look had already been pretty established. Yeah, it does also sound like Charles Martinet, and this is one of those games where Mario says more than Mamma Mia, and so it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's always off putting for me to hear Mario go like, "Oh no, wait up!" And like <laughs> Mario can't say words like that. I was going to say, how many of those games are there? Luigi's Mansion 3 that? is probably the craziest That's one true. to me. He does say a lot in that uh, one, doesn't yeah. he? I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, the other thing I want to say is uh, today I got all the stars, which you get a star on a level by getting all three presents, which are hidden in each level. Um, which are just like more collectibles. And I also have the option to do time trials for every single level. But I honestly feel like I've got my fill out of this game. <laughs> would I recommend it to everyone? Is, no. there a leader, is there a leaderboard for the time trials? If there was, I would be playing them. And I would try to convince <laughs> you or Curtis to buy it. <laughs> friend leaderboards my kids have been playing Astro yeah I was going to say my kids have been playing Astro again and they don't really care about the score on the on the speedrun levels but they've been doing the speedrun levels and it's like oh man I'm still like 34,000 in the world that's really good <laughs> but I'm still behind Ryan and Nick <laughs> I did I tell you guys about about when Nick beat my score on that like a year after I was on top. Oh. Like just no, out of the blue I got a notification on PlayStation that was like Nick beat your score on Space Run. And I was like <laughs> one of these days like it made me disappointed cuz I'm like well I I have to spend 4 hours now playing this level one day. <laughs> I cannot let that stand. It's the only option. That was the best. That was my favorite 
PlayStation 5 memory <laughs> was playing Space Run on Astro's Playroom over and over again. I tried that like a few times and then I saw how far behind I was on your times. I was like, I'm never. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I was never going to catch up to you guys. I had no idea how you did it. It's definitely way more motivating when you, you like beat someone's time by like a millisecond. Yeah. And then they beat it by another millisecond and you just go back and forth until you've somehow at one point we were like top 200 <laughs> in the world. Yeah. And I mean, it was like early days of the PlayStation five, so we didn't have much else to play. Yeah. So it was like, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> and don't you worry, Curtis. Sometimes I do think, I really need to go back in neon white and beat all of Curtis's times. <laughs> I do randomly think about that one level that I can't beat your time on. And it's like <laughs> by 0. 0.05 seconds or something ridiculous. And I'm like, I wonder if I could do that if I just opened it and tried it. Think about that. Oh, yeah. Well, anything else, sir? Um... I feel like I'm forgetting something, but we're an hour in. I think we should get to the sub to the topic of the episode. Well, we're only what thirty minutes in, forty minutes, fifty minutes. Oh yeah, something like that. <clears throat> All right. Well, we're finally getting to it. The backlog. We did it. We did it. We it, got it, back uh, to the backlog. We're here. It fits that we are taking an hour to get to this topic. You know, the topic it itself was in yeah. the backlog. <laughs> that is very true. Um, where to start with it? I guess. Why even keep a backlog? Does this stress you guys out? Is this a pointless endeavor to keep track of an actual backlog, or is it just better to? buy games and play them when you have time or want to. It depends on your goals. Or it depends what you enjoy, I guess, about video games. But they, I don't know. That's a hard question. I definitely don't keep like a solid backlog. Like I don't keep a backlog list anywhere. But when there's nothing else to play, I do spend a long time looking through my libraries across different devices and thinking what what do I need to go back to? But I do not keep like an active list of like okay, then I'm going to go back to this and then go back to this and then go back to this. Much more active, keeping a, a forward-looking list of like what's coming up and what I'm going to play as when mm -hmm. it's available. Yeah, it's but just... also there's some games that there's some games that just like kind of haunt me. Like, like I can't tell you how many times I've almost bought Near Automata or Automata. I don't know how people say it. But I've almost bought it on so many sales and never actually pulled the trigger. And I'm like, why do I keep doing this? Like, why do I keep almost buying this? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than what I did and purchased it <laughs> and never played it. 
I've never played. <laughs> well, I've done that too. But for some reason, Near Automata gets to stay on the edge. Whereas other games I just buy and then either don't play or don't play nearly enough of. Like start and then move on too quickly. Yeah, I, I'm the same, Paul. I do not uh, keep an active list. Every once in a while, I'll do something kind of like make a list. Um, or I'll start it, or I'll think about starting it, but then I don't. But it always takes a piece of my brain of a lot of <laughs> these games that I'm like, I really want to play this. Maybe after I beat this game and this game and this game. I'll actually get to it. Yeah. And so I'm the only one here who actually has like listed out a backlog. Well, I guess I'm now looking at my forward looking list and a lot of these have come out. So I guess now like they become my backlog because I haven't <laughs> your played Your future them, list is your future them. backlog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I downloaded that one app at one point, but I think I deleted it. Remember the app? That oh, someone yeah. Made? Is it just GG? GG? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. I tried one. using that too. And yeah, I did not keep up with it. I actually found it a little cumbersome to like load all the screens and stuff and whatnot. And honestly, putting together a spreadsheet has been a lot better just because then it's all in one spot and I don't have to, you know, I don't know. The GG app was cool, but I had a really great idea, but I felt like it's just a little clunky to use. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I honestly wish there was some, and I, I guess there is, but like, I, I wish that that app could, like, sync with your Steam data or you could, like, link all your game accounts and it, like, yeah. shows, like, here's what you've played. Here's, like, your progress based on, like, what achievements or trophies you have. Yeah, that would be super cool. Yeah. And, I, and it, I, it already kind of exists with stuff like the Steam and PlayStation apps where you can look at, right. like, different stats on your games, but... I don't know. I feel like something like the GG app, but where it syncs to everything kind of seems like the best experience. I don't know. That would be nice. Um, well, I guess I'll like just explain. I know I've talked yeah, about this list already and kind of why I did it and whatnot. Um, so I'll probably repeat some things. So sorry if people are like annoyed by that, I guess. But <laughs> we we also um, have to mention that uh -huh. this episode is called Backlog Four. Why did we do that? I can't remember. Uh because twenty twenty four is oh twenty twenty four. This is the year of the backlog, backlog four. And then I played Balladro for a solid day in the past week. So that's going really well for me. Um, I have still, no, I'm still just two games into my backlog that I've actually finished, but that's, that's okay. pretty good. Um, yeah, they're both really short, so it wasn't, the longer one was like six and a half hours. Um, 
But honestly, that's one reason why I wanted to do this because it was it's easy to have a list and have everything kind of prioritized. So my goal is not to like knock everything off this list someday. I just think that will be just impossible because things will get added, like Paul's future backlog. Um, it's not going to happen. So really, this isn't more isn't so much a backlog as it is of like a t what to play next list. And um, I have all the games listed out. I just kind of typed out. I looked through my libraries on PlayStation and Steam and stuff for games. I'm like, yeah, I definitely want to play this at some point, whatever, you know. And I wasn't super picky about it. If I was like, this game looks interesting, uh, I put it on the list. That was like my the bar it needed to clear. I was like, yeah, I'd like to play this. I'd like to try it, whatever. Um, so some of these games I'll probably never get to, to be totally honest, but that's okay. So I listed out all the games. I, I have a list of 92 on here. That's plenty. That's a lot. Um, and then the next column I did was a priority. So I went from low, very low, sorry, very low to low to medium to high to very high. So those five. And then I tried to color code it. And I also don't know like spreadsheets and stuff very well. I feel like there's probably a way to where like where if I type out very high, it puts in that specific green color, but I don't know how to do that. Ooh, so there's definitely a way to do that. Conditional formatting, yeah. my friend. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds great. I'll learn that someday. Um, <laughs> but then I put the platform just so I know where to play it because that does have an impact on what I want to play next, you know? Because if I can play it on my Steam Deck, sure. that yeah. makes a big difference. Whereas like PlayStation games are harder to get through just because the PlayStation is not a mobile device where I can pick up and just play it wherever. Um, but it's still definitely possible. I put the How Long to Beat. This is just me going on to the How Long to Beat website. Um, getting the, the, not the, like, what are the three categories? I can't remember. Um, the story, the main story, story, story main plus extra. extra yeah. 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 So I just did main plus extra because usually that's what I end up playing. I don't really ever mainline anything and just get through the main story as fast as I can, but I very rarely ever like do the completionist thing. Um, especially for some of these big games, like it jumps. One of the games they have on their front page is uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, and it jumps from 82 and a half hours for the main plus extra to like 183 hours for the completionist. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I go for that middle category, main plus extra. Um, and then I did another column, it's just owned, yes or no. Um, because some of these are kind of like a future backlog type of thing, honestly, where it's a game I haven't bought yet, but I would like to play someday. Um, and then after that, this is all stuff. I'll probably get rid of this date started column just because that's not, doesn't seem very helpful, honestly. And it seems kind of pointless because some of these I have booted up, played like a couple hours. And I was like, yeah, I want to play, get back to this someday. Um, and then never did. <clears throat> so that doesn't seem super helpful, but I did put a date finished a rating column and then thoughts and notes. So that kind of makes, turns it into like a, like a journal almost. Um, and for the two games I have finished, which is pseudo regalia and gravity circuit, 
I have given a rating for both of those as well as some thoughts and notes about them, um, which ex- a spreadsheet is, doesn't seem to be a great place <laughs> for like a paragraph of text, but it's there. Yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the spreadsheet. I feel like I've shared it with you too, at least. I don't remember if I did or not. Um, you did. This is shared with one person. Paul. Dang it. Sorry, Ryan. Didn't share it with Ryan for some reason. Oh, wow. I feel honored. Thank you. He, he did a, it's because I, I, I know you'll never yell at me for anything, so <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not worried. Exactly. No. Um, so I put I it there, right? If you really want to look at it, that's right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely flaws to this. Bellatro is a clear flaw in the fact that it came out and I bought it, and it's not even on this list, and I've played it for plenty of hours already. Um, <clears throat> But uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any, I guess, questions? I guess I can explain the way, the idea I got this from. I think I put this YouTube video in our Discord at one point. Um, And I'm going to try to find it live, which isn't ever a great idea to do on a podcast while you're recording and trying to find something that you hadn't pulled up yet. But um, the the YouTube channel is called Daryl Talks Games which actually I really enjoy his videos. Um, he talks a lot about just, it's just about video games and psychology. Um, this is like the intersection he focuses on. So he's done a lot of interesting stuff and he like actually does, you know, he goes into research and how different like psychology research and everything that people did and the papers that they wrote and all that kind of stuff, how they intersect and how they can apply to video games and stuff. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but he did a couple of videos. Um, first one, I think, does he just talk about the backlog? And he sets a goal. He writes out a backlog and is like, in one year, I'm going to play all of these games and finish them. It was his goal. And it was like, um, yeah, it was a big list. I remember watching this. I was like, this guy's crazy. Um, that one's called The Misguided Guide to Finishing Your Gaming Backlog. And then... Sure enough, a year later, he uploaded a video called The Backlog is Finished. And it was very interesting to watch that video because he was like, I guess spoilers for this video, YouTube video, but in the end, it stressed him out more than anything and kind of ruined some games for him because it was more of like a task of getting through stuff. And he got really stressed because it was very clear in like month two that it wasn't going to happen. And he was like, I'm so far behind. And then Street Fighter Six came out, and then he started playing that. And that was never on the list, and he put a ton of hours into it. Um, so yeah, so he was kind of like, I wouldn't do this again. And he didn't really recommend doing it. But I was like, that's a good idea, though, to like list out stuff so you have things to play, you know, so you don't ever do like a, right. oh, I don't have anything to play. Um, and I liked his, and so then I could be like, oh, I'll go to the list. I'll go to my lists find something I do want to play, great. I'll pick something out. I already have everything prioritized. Um, So that's a good way to do it, I think. And um, I also really liked his idea of like writing down thoughts and notes. And in his video, he would write down like some games he had a whole bunch of stuff written out, some stuff, other games he didn't as much. 
but it's kind of like a goal of mine, I guess, to think a little more critically about video games. Um, this podcast is part of that reason. Um, so I never really done that before, before this podcast, I guess. Uh, I just play games and be like, that was really great. I had a lot of fun with it. And now I'm kind of like trying to think critically about the mechanics and story and all that kind of stuff too, um, which I think I'm still learning. I don't feel like I'm good at that yet. Um, I like to talk in circles, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah, that was the inspiration from it. Yes. Paul, I feel like you had a question or a comment or something. Maybe not. Uh, I think a while back I was just going to say you did share it with me, but I haven't looked at it in a while, and you've definitely yeah. made up things. Yeah, that's probably just that Gravity Circuit game I finished. It really helps. I will say the how long to be column is really helpful. Because then I'll end up having a game like, you know, like a really long game that I'll play. But it's hard to focus, at least for me, to be like, okay, I have time for a video game. But I have to finish this one game, so I'm just going to play that. And, you know, I'm no, not always in the mood for that, and that's okay. So. It's nice to have a game, a long game like that that I'm playing, like Baldur's Gate 3 or whatever, or Elden Ring, something like that. And then also, I can look at this list and be like, I'm not really feeling that right now. Baldur's Gate 3 is an interesting one because like it's really great, but a lot of times I'm like, I'm just tired, and that seems to require a lot of thinking. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I kind of want a game of, I can just kind of... Yeah, a lot of time to get into it and stuff. Like, I feel like I need a longer play session. I just don't have time for that right now. So I'll pick something else that either is like, like Balatro is a great one because it's kind of like a, like the flow state or whatever. Or like Gravity Circuit was a good one because it was pretty quick to get through, but it was still fun, that kind of stuff too. So that column, honestly, has been super helpful in like picking what my next game will be. Uh, so what do you find more satisfying? getting a game off the list or well i guess let me ask this way is it more satisfying to get more games off the list or higher priority games off the list um that's a good question i guess by default i'd have to say just getting games off the list because i actually haven't gotten any of my high priority games off the high list priority. except like pseudo regalio is a high one but i also put like tagged it as a high priority just because I was like, yeah, this is a short one. I can be done with this in like five hours kind of a thing. So, yeah, so I guess that's kind of it because I haven't really... I mean, it's going to feel real good when I can check off Elden Ring um, someday. <laughs> and then the DLC is going to come out and then I'll just be back there again. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's how that'll go. What I've seen... The DLC is not small. So, no, I don't think luck. it's going to be small at all. <laughs> Considering how the other, like the base game was. And then I saw the price tag. It's $40. And I'm like, the only reason they're charging $40 for DLC is probably because it's like essentially their mini sequel at that point. So, yeah. I imagine it's going to be huge. Yeah. It is nice, though. It's just because I feel like a lot of these games. I didn't list it out like this, I'd forget about them completely, you know? So even if they're, oh, yeah. like, very low, I'm like, that's okay. Like, I want to know that it's there in case for some reason, you know, someday 
I'll go back and be like, oh yeah, I never did play like like Dear Esther was like is a short game that I never played, and I know it was supposed to be like an indie darling. I don't really know much what's about it, but I'm like, it's there. That would that would be fun to play. Um, that helps. Is there is there an example of a game? Like how long? What's the longest you've waited to play a game? On your backlog before this list, probably, but. Like, is there a game that you've always thought about playing that you actually did play? And you were like, I'm glad I finally played this. Wow, that's a good question. You know, one might actually be, it's not on this list because I've actually beaten it twice, is Titanfall 2. I know you guys aren't, like, into shooters a whole lot, I feel like, but... Titanfall 2 is excellent, and I remember hearing how good it was and stuff, and that was kind of like one, in the back of my brain, I would see it and be like, oh yeah, you know, I do like, I had my, like, stint with shooters when I was, when I was younger, and really liked them, and I remember seeing how Titanfall 2 was, had such a good campaign, I was like, I would like to play that campaign someday, and then it was on sale on PlayStation for like five bucks after I just bought my PlayStation, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna buy it now. And I still didn't play it immediately. I still sat around for a while, and then I started playing it, and I played through the whole campaign. Like, that was the only game I played until I finished it. And then I actually, after I got my Steam Deck, it went on sale on Steam Deck, and I was like, maybe I'll play the multiplayer, which I never did, but it was also like five bucks or four bucks or something. It was even cheaper on Steam, I think. So then I played through the campaign again on that. <laughs> but that was one, and I, I would still, if people are into shooters at all, and I've never played that campaign. Like Titanfall Two is excellent. It's really, really good. Um, another question. How how do remakes and uh, what are the re remakes and reboots? Is that what we call them? Reboots, uh, remasters. Remasters. That's remasters. the word I'm looking for. How do those factor into your backlog list? Like for me. Something on my backlog is Wind Waker. Oh yeah. But I do not really the the amount of work it will take me to get the GameCube disc and set it up and all of that is not worth it to me to the point where if I wanna play it, they've gotta put out the remake on Switch. <laughs> but that that's like honestly a backlog strategy for me of like there are certain games that I would really love to play, but like Assassin's Creed is another one. I would really love to play the original Assassin's Creeds and kind of like learn more about the lore, but I don't really want oh, yeah. to deal with like the older controls. And so really the right. only way I'll get into it is if they remake it. Yeah. Well, one game I do have on here is Mother 3. I mm. personally am not above, or, or I am willing to emulate something if I have to, if that's like the only way to play it. And Mother 3 is literally like, if I want to play Mother 3, I have to emulate it. Like, <laughs> there's right. literally no other option unless I learn Japanese and get like a game Japanese Game Boy and a Japanese game cart cartridge for it. And that's obviously not going to happen, so... That's one that literally, that's the only option to play. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 
That's a good question. Um, yeah, if it feels like that's too much work to get the original copy of the game or even just emulate it, um, yeah, I'm not going to worry about it, honestly. And then you say that, I can think of a couple games like that. Um, Chrono Trigger is one I've always wanted to try and play. Mm, yeah, same. Um, which I actually own on Steam. I just haven't played it. And then the other one's uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, which I have like the War of the Lions version on my phone. But like, for some reason, I can't get into playing it on my phone. Um, so it just sits there, installed, and it's never been opened online, really. Yeah. Mother 3, actually, for me, is one where I'm like, I'm not going to do the work. If Nintendo wants me to play it, they have to release it in English translation yeah. for me. Have you told them that? That might be the tipping point. Mm, I have an email yeah. drafted, but I have not sent it yet. Oh, you should send it. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I'm still surprised they haven't done that. It's so weird to me. It really but... is. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, on like the other thing that uh, the Epic Game Store is another thing that is an obstacle for me honestly which is silly but if i have something on epic game store instead of steam that makes it less likely that i'm actually going to get around to playing it just because yeah, I, especially now with the steam deck like getting games run on there it's possible it's definitely a doable thing but also this is too much work are you guys um still redeeming free stuff from Epic Game Store. I don't uh, think I haven't. Yeah. I I used to do it like every week. And yeah, I did too. Time. I feel like they haven't put out a lot of good games on there. Or or like games that I'm interested in, I should say. Um the last one I did was Guardians of the Galaxy. Because that's one I actually have wish listed on Steam and stuff and it was free so I grabbed it. Um, but I'll probably, I don't know if I'll ever get back to play or get on there and play it, you know, yeah. just because it's just not as user-friendly as Steam and with the Steam Deck, I just want to play everything on there instead of going through Epic Game Store. I just feel like the interface and it's a little slower. I just don't really like it. Oh, there you go. Epic. You have to make a an epic deck if you want people to use your store yeah. or just you know figure out a way to let me play your games easily on the steam deck <laughs> <laughs> is there is there a possibility i don't even know how to phrase this do you think it, there could be some sort of integration into uh like playstation or Steam, where you could like similar to a wish list, you could create a backlog within the application itself. Mm. Do you think that would be helpful in any way to kind of like cataloging it? I don't really know what they could do other than make a list. Like, could they incentivize you to play games that you bought or want to buy? Or would they? I like, mean, Steam know. does that. Steam has the, if you go to your library and on the home tab, it has a play next 
It says players like you love these unplayed games in your library and adds a whole list of games that you haven't actually touched. But like they obviously know people buy too many games on their store and never play them. Where is that funny. under? Um, you know, when you go to your library, uh-huh. there's like a what's I have a what's new row that's like updates and stuff for your games. And then uh-huh. right below there's your recent games that you've played. I actually feel like it probably defaults to that if you boot it up. Yeah. So you have your recent games right under recent games. I have a play next row. And it has all these games that I've actually haven't played yet. So I've got sorted by last played. Is that your recent games tab? Or shelf? I guess they call it shelves. Yeah, I've got shelves. Yeah, but it says last played. And under last played. I don't see one that says play next. Oh, weird. Yeah, I've got a play next. Is this on Steam Deck or is this on? No, I'm on my computer. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, that's where I'm on desktop. Yeah, I I have to play next row. I guess you can go add shelf and it's there. You can add shelf and then put it there. Um. Oh, I see. They've also incentivized like during during some events. They've like given you extra steam points or whatever if you play games from your library that you've never played yeah so steam is definitely i've never seen playstation or nintendo do anything like that no the closest thing i would say that they've done is add like folders so you can categorize stuff which is helpful um but it's just not super intuitive to manage games like that in my opinion (laughs) because Okay. Compared to like a mouse and keyboard, it's not nearly as easy to sort stuff, you know, like like on a game yeah. console with a joystick and buttons. It's not as easy that way. But I mean, I did that on, I mean, I have a, let's see, how do I get to my groups? Yeah, I have collections that I made and I have a need to play collection on Steam that I made at some point. And then I just kind of left it there. I did the same thing on Switch. And then left it there. Okay, so it's not helpful. So, yeah, I don't find it super helpful. But, I mean, it is there. So, I mean, worst case scenario, I can go there. And there's plenty of games on here that I do want to play at some point. So, it's not the worst thing. But, also, the other issue is I have games across a few platforms. And the only way, there's no way to, like, put everything in one spot unless it's, like, a third-party thing like a spreadsheet or that GG app that we talked about. Yeah. I I do want to say I created the play next shelf and it says you don't have any unplayed games in your library that are strongly recommended Whoa. for you. Look at you. Wow. Maybe that, that must be why you never had the shelf. But I know that there are unplayed games in my uh, library that I strongly recommend Steam myself. Just, Steam just yeah. doesn't know you. You're unknowable. You're too unpredictable. I can't Steam. figure out what you should play. They're like, this guy has too many achievements of Binding of Isaac. He shouldn't play video games anymore. <laughs> he needs a break. <laughs> There's no Binding of Isaac left to recommend to him. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's it's been kind of fun just because, I don't know, it helps you keep track, and I feel like it's... 
helped me be a little more thoughtful about what I play too, to be honest. For sure. That makes sense. So my children are here. Be right back. I don't really know what to say, Paul. <laughs> but we got to say something. How do you, do you? I'm back. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I we, we were struggling without you. I was, at least. I, I, I mean, I didn't say anything at all, so I feel like that's <laughs> even more struggle. Um, but I am going to direct this question to Paul. Uh, anyways. Uh, so do, how do you tackle the backlog, Paul? Do you, do you even care? Do you want to create like a spreadsheet um, type experience? Is there, what's... I, I what's definitely don't want to create a spreadsheet because there's just, I mean, there's kind of an overall media backlog, right? Um, and for me, you know, across all media, comics, books, shows, movies, games, there's kind of like, if I can't keep it in my memory, it's just gone because my memory is always full of things I want to spend time on. So it's kind of like, if it, if it leaves, it leaves, it, you know, it did not survive. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I, I, you know, there will always be something else to catch my eye. Um, but like, for instance, a couple of weeks ago, we were kind of in between releases, uh, and I finally downloaded Assassin's Creed three remastered and Assassin's Creed three is the American history one. So I've always been curious about it. Um, and I got it free with one of the other ones I bought, like one of the assassin's creed if you bought the season pass with it it came with assassin's creed 3 remastered was it so i've had it forever. odyssey because i think i got that same one when i played odyssey it might have been yeah um and so i did like finally start it but like you were saying about the original assassin's creed so i started it like two weeks ago i first started and i was like oh yeah this is when we were still really into like the modern day sections which i have never cared about mm. um so i had to play through that and then that opening's long too yeah and it was just like then we finally i did i really liked like when we finally got to the past um it starts like in an opera house and i thought this is a cool level like parkouring around inside in a like theater while an opera is going on you're like climbing around and trying to like not be seen by people as you like inch across the box like like the box seats um i i like that but then we got to boston and it just started introducing all the systems like catch these pages and do tasks for Benjamin Franklin. And I was like, this obviously, like, the graphics are an obvious downgrade from what I'm used to. 
the controls don't feel as good. And I feel like this is so similar to so many Assassin's Creed games I've played that even with the like American history premise, I lost steam pretty quickly in my interest to play it. <laughs> um, and that's often the case when I try to like go back to the backlog. It's like, I don't know, a big part of gaming to me is the conversation. And so if there's no conversation, there's a lot less incentive for me to play a thing. Um, and so that's what makes the backlog really hard for me. Like, playing Bellatro right now and sending messages to Curtis all the time about, like, look what I discovered or look at my record, you know, like, that's what makes games fun. Or it's not the only thing that makes games fun, but it's a big part of what makes games fun. So I am, I've always been pretty tied to the moment in terms of games. Um, so I've never had like a good period of really going deep in the backlog and like playing a bunch of previous games back to back like that. Um, I also very rarely replay games, which I know some people do. Like, you know, I love this so much, I'm just going to play it again. I think The Last of Us is like the only game I can think of for the past, I don't know, 10 years. <laughs> I I have successfully gone back later and fully played the game again. Yeah. I, I think but also the the last of us conversation has never ended, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to replay games a lot, actually. But I think a lot of that comes with being a kid and playing video games. Yeah. Of like Yeah. You have such like a limited budget. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're like, well, this game was great and I don't have anything to do. I kind of want to play it again. And like also like owning a Game Boy and going on a car trip. Like I don't know how many times I beat Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I beat it a lot because it was one of the few Game Boy games we had. Um and like the Game Boy Advance, like I was playing more complex games, but I still beat Super Mario World on the Game Boy Advance, like, who knows how many times. But, like, now the options are just so vast. But, I don't know, it's... For me, the backlog is... Like, there is a part of gaming history that matters to me. And so when a, when a yeah, game is like... Totally that. Yeah. yeah like, for instance, one of the games in my personal backlog is Super Mario Brothers 3, regarded as one of the best Mario games, which mm. I technically have beaten it, but I've never played all the levels. I've always just beaten the first world, gotten the two flutes, and then transported to the last world. And so I... I always think about it. I'm like, I really want to go back to that and play every level because I've never played like the shoe level, which like 
I don't know. There's a lot of like levels or like the big world or anything like that, but I've heard them referenced so many times. And so same with Castlevania symphony of the night. That's one that I've always wanted to play as someone who loves Metroidvanias. Did I put that on my list? Oh yeah, it's there. <laughs> um, and so that's a big part of my, my backlog. Um, but you're right. Those are harder to play. And uh, I could play it on the Switch, like Mario Brothers 3. But I don't want to play it with the Switch controls. I'd rather play it on like the NES Classic or something like that. Um, and like I have Castlevania Symphony of the, of the Night on PlayStation. Yeah, same. But... There's something about taking up the whole TV to play Castlevania <laughs> Symphony of the Night that just doesn't seem right to me. <laughs> like, I would rather play that on my Your Switch Steam or my Steam Deck, yeah. Yeah, oh, there's ways. <laughs> That's true. I technically you own it. it. You own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the one thing that makes me want to play it on the PlayStation is the trophies tied to it. Curtis. Oh, fair. <laughs> um, so that's one section. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah, I don't feel like I have a lot of like old, older games like that, like classic games on my list. Actually, yeah, I I think about them every once in a while, but I don't Chrono know. Trigger. What was that? Which I'm adding. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned Chrono mentioned Trigger. Chrono Trigger. That, that actually wasn't on my yeah. list, but it's going on there now. <laughs> And then, of course, there's like a desire to play every Zelda game just because I care about Zelda and like I'm interested in that history. Um, yeah. Yeah. But there, like, it's hard because that takes a lot of time. And then, like, I am nostalgic for the like sweet spot of indie games in like the mid 2010s where there, there had been a lot of indie games that have already come out, but like, like within a couple of years, you have like rocket league and stardew Valley. And mm-hmm. I don't know. And I had the time to play all of those and sink a lot of hours into them. And now I don't have the time, but then like, there's a lot of games that are similar to that, like stuff like Dave, the diver, Hades was one for a long time I had never played because I just missed the moment and then I finally got to it and I still haven't beaten it but I don't know I do think part of it and this is kind of why I didn't add this column um, but I might someday um, just an abandoned column or somewhere to put abandoned if I do try a game and I just decided I'm not going to finish it. I, yeah. I'm good. I'm going to move on, which I think is a very good thing to do, honestly, because why <laughs> spend your time playing a game that to the completion or to the finish or whatever, to roll credits that you're not really enjoying that much when there's other games you'd rather play? You just, just stop playing, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, David the Diver is actually one of those. I don't know if I'll ever really go back to it because it just kind of fell off the gameplay loop. I kind of got tired of it. I feel like I was doing 
the same thing over and over again, honestly, which is kind of because I know that game was like was, one of the high yeah, points for a lot of people or like the game was variation and stuff. Yeah. But like the fishing and the sushi bar specifically, like that loop, I kind of got over. Everything else was fine, but I don't know. For whatever reason, so it just didn't click with me. And I kind of got to the point where I just, at some point, I had moved on just mentally to a different game, started playing other stuff, and I was like, and then one day I was like, oh yeah, I never really finished Dave the Diver. And I was like, that's fine. I don't feel like I need to, you know. And then I probably won't ever do it. Yeah. Which I think is honestly a good way to do things because otherwise you'll, um, I don't know. I don't. I just don't want to spend time with the game that I'm feeling like I'm over it, you know. 100%. And to be fair, I played Dave the Diver. I got 25 and a half hours on Steam on it, yeah, so I feel like I gave it a totally fair shot, and I, I'm, I feel totally comfortable moving on. Um, not because it was a bad game; it just didn't click with me for whatever reason, and that's normal too. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so like all these, especially the games that I have rated as like very low to low especially i'm like i don't know if i'll ever get to these and that's totally fine um and i could see those things i mean i i have the expectation that those will fluctuate too like i mentioned in the discord at one point the idea of going and playing all the final fantasy games and if i were to do that like final fantasy 9 is listed as very low on my list but if i decided to go try to play all of them i would probably you know change that and Go back and play it, but who knows if I ever will. Yeah, Paul, it's, it's interesting you pointed out the fact that, you know, you have movies and shows and all that kind of stuff you want to watch, too. Um, I'm kind of to the point where I don't, the only media I really consume at this point, honestly, is video games. <laughs> Just because I don't have a lot of time anyway, and so... Right. I don't know. Even if I do watch a movie like with Jade or something, um, I'll either sit and watch it with her or with my kids. We'd have movie night Fridays, Friday movie night. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For some reason, and at this point in my life, I'm not. It's hard for me to sit down and watch a movie, especially in my house. I guess it's for some reason. I don't know why. Oh but... yeah, I would say movies are like the lowest on that list. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I then, do like, not TV watch shows. I feel yeah, like they watch a huge commitment to me, which I know is silly to say when I have a list of video games that I want to play. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this one, like Bloodborne, very high priority. How long to beat? 44 hours. Whereas a season, right. like a, a season of television is probably eight hours. <laughs> but that, that feels wow. like too much. That's too big of a commitment Most for me. Most of the TV I want to watch, I can watch with my wife so that. That's a different time than like totally. It's true. Uh, personal media time. I don't know. Um, so that's where I do a lot of the TV. Um, but like, there is a lot of books and comic books I want to read, and that definitely, you know, you only have so much free time. So yeah, exactly. It's kind of an, it's kind of an overall media, you know, priority yeah, list budget yeah. time for that stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ryan, do and you then, think you'll uh, ever... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and then I end up sticking with like a lot of multiplayer games 
forever, like Overwatch and Fortnite. But that's because I play that with people. And so like, you know, there's a lot of games that I might even enjoy more if I went back and played them, you know, like single player. But in the long run, I'd rather have, you know, if there's a chance to play with somebody, I'm going to do that instead. So I end up playing, you know, instead of backlog, I just keep playing the same games because that's what other people are playing. And sometimes I play it on my own because we're playing it together a bunch. And so I want to like get better at it. Um, or it's also the like, a single game is only a few minutes factor, where if I start a single player game, it's like, oh man, I'm committing, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Redownloading Rocket League and playing a few games feels way easier than playing Assassin's Creed 3 in its entirety, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So there, there is a little bit of like the eternal backlog of like games that might come back up because we might all start playing them together again. Rocket League is a good example of that. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, Ryan, uh, do you think you'll ever make a list like this? Possible. Yeah. It depends on, like, if for whatever reason I have a large chunk of time like if i like get like 40 billion dollars for whatever reason and i don't have to work anymore that's the number uh he's got to have enough money to buy all the other games to play that's true and so 40 billion like you could get a lot done with a lot less than that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my number's a little lower you could buy a game studio have them make games for you yeah it just seems like if i i just have games that i'm constantly thinking about like it would be fun to play this but then it always comes back to well i haven't finished this game that i was also having fun with so i might as well finish that first before i start something new and it's easier to justify buying a new game than buying an old game because for similar reasons that Paul is saying. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but I've never thought of it that way. You're saying it's easier to justify buying a new game. Yeah. It's for the reason Paul was saying the conversation makes it Mm. a lot more fun to play. Um, I feel the same way, even though there's so many incentives to buy games later. Yeah. Like, and often the games are better and cheaper, <laughs> but I still feel like, oh, but this is this is the now. But I, I also know. buy a lot of old <laughs> games because they're so cheap and because I want to play them. And so I, I think like I, I'm kind of in both camps, but I also don't really know like what really pushes me. Uh, but I guess something here. Here's an example, something like Bellatro or Penny's Big Breakaway, two games that I really want to play. Um, 
there's just I lost track of my example. I'm really sorry. Bellatro. But Bellatro, like it like hearing you guys talk about it makes me want to play it. I mean and, that's why I bought it. Yeah. And <laughs> that one is an example of like a cheap game that you can get and yeah. you could talk about with your friends and it's gonna have like that that lasting effect in that way of like, hey, remember when we were all playing Bellatro? Um, but like something like Penny's Big Breakaway, I, I do remember what I was trying to say, is that game looks like it's a game made for me. And so right. I want to play that game sooner than later because like it just like, it looks really fun to me. And so that's really all the incentive I need is like, how fun does something look? Uh, but that that feels more rare than like I don't know, like because Dave the Diver isn't one that like looks like a game that like I need to play, but so many people I like listen to talk about games, talk about how good it is, and like mention mechanics that seem really fun to try out, or like I haven't tried this out before. I I kind of want to have this game be the one to try out. And so I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but there's some, some sort of meaning in there. I think. It's <laughs> interesting. Is I don't, I don't know. So a lot of the games that I buy like day one, the only one I can, the only ones that I buy day one to like, be part of i don't even know if it's because i want to be part of the conversation per se but it's just other people that like i i guess whose opinions i respect and stuff you know like paul talking about Bellatro and stuff i was like oh yeah this is a game that i was already somewhat interested hearing him talk about it and his opinions makes me want to play it and so i got it and also your point about being a lower price made that decision a little easier um but like elden ring i don't know it's fun to be a part of that conversation Elden Ring was one of those. Um, I got to talk to a few people, but all a lot of times I buy a new game. Like Final Fantasy 16 was one that I ended up wanting to play because I thought it looked fun, but I, like I didn't really know anyone's playing it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and like Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth is kind of the same way. I I know my brother's already pre-ordered it, but that's it. That's only he's the only person I know personally who's gonna play it. So it's like I don't know. I guess I don't do that the same way because I have gotten games. Dave the Diver, I guess, is a good example where like um, I buy it because I hear it's really great and stuff and I play a good amount of it and then I kind of fall off and I'm like, ah, well, it actually wasn't for me. And I got caught, caught up in the hype a little bit. Um, what's the other one I was going to say that happened to me on? Uh, it was the RPG, the cop one. Oh, Disco... Disco Elysium. Oh, Disco Elysium. Yeah. And that one I had a hard time sticking with for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because the same thing, kind of like Baldur's Gate 3, honestly. It's a, you know, a thinking man's game. And then I had a lot of times where I was like, I want to be thinking real good. <laughs> I want to relax a little bit more. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so anyway, that one is kind of hard to stick to as well. And I kind of fell off that one too. Um so I've I've gotten games where I'm like, yes, 
like I've heard the conversations. I want to be a part of it. And then I, yeah, just kind of fall off. I realize I don't actually talk to, I mean, you guys are the only ones I really talk to and everyone else on the discord. Like this is my community, my gaming community. It's, I don't talk to like anyone else about games really, <laughs> unless it's right. the case of the golden idol and I'm telling everyone to play it. Um, so I guess to be in that conversation, I don't know. Marvel Snap's been fun that way. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom was really fun that way too. Um, but I don't know. I guess I haven't played games because I, I want to be in the conversation, I guess. For me, being part of the conversation doesn't always mean talking about it. Yeah. But like knowing about it is kind of <laughs> the extent sometimes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I that makes sense too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's just about being able to go read all the articles, honestly, and listen yeah. to it. Because like, you're just seeing so much content about a thing. So it's like, oh, man. I guess maybe I don't I worry about that too much because I play games so slow that I'm never, I'm never going to be up with the times. <laughs> I mean, that's the sad reality is despite me doing yeah. that sometimes, I'm never up with the times either. Yeah, unless it's like a little short game and there there's a bunch of websites going, oh, this indie darling, this indie ge hidden gem, you know, play right. it uh, in a weekend. I'm like, oh, cool, I can get through that in a month, you know. <laughs> pineapple on pizza. But like, right, pineapple on pizza. Pizza the Tower actually is a good example of that. <laughs> um, speaking of pizza, but like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, it's going to take me. I mean, how long did it take me to beat? Final Fantasy 16, that was like a solid six months at least. Probably no more than that, I think. So, yeah, anyway. I don't know. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. I do plan, I want to get back to this, but I did make this list with the understanding that there's a good chance that it would get stagnant and just kind of get <laughs> stuck because games like Elatro. Um, I mean, that's the thing as like a, like 2024 this year, we, we were joking about it's going to be the year of the backlog because there's not a lot of big games coming out, but like already there was Prince of Persia was a kind of a smaller game that, you know, I'm sure, no, it got really er announced a lot earlier. Well, not a lot earlier, but like we knew about it, you know, but like there's always little games like that that come out. Um, Elatro is the perfect example of that. Last year, it was Hi-Fi Rush and Pizza Tower that kind of, and Dave the Diver, like those are little games that come out and they're easy to pick up and play. <clears throat> those are always going to throw a wrench in the backlog. So, yeah, I never really attended, intended for this to be so much of like a strict thing that I have to adhere to. Because um, at the end of the day, it's all about having fun and, you know, having a good time playing the games you want to play. And moving on when you feel like you can move on. Yeah. Yeah, I try not to worry about it too much is basically what it comes down to. But yeah, it 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 is kind of annoying the brain space it takes of like, man, I I really wish I could play Symphony of the Night. <laughs> um, I will say 
I don't know if you do this, I'd be curious to hear if this is kind of the same for you, but like having this list, it's almost feels a little bit like I'm taking that chunk of my brain space mm, and yes. I put it in a spreadsheet and I don't have to stress about it. And if I want to think about it, I can go to the spreadsheet. It's right there. Sure. You know, it's a Google spreadsheet, so I can pull it up on my phone or wherever I am, that kind of thing. And I don't have to stress about it too much. Yeah. That's, that's kind of been nice. That is nice. I don't know how like legitimate of a claim that is. So based on but now I'm like, oh, I forget about I... that game. I don't know. I don't have to worry about that anymore, I guess. Yeah. I we we are about to hit two hours. Wow. Um I do want to ask one last question. Mm-hmm. Is there a game that came out last year or older that you guys know you will for sure play this year? Or the like the next one up that you're saving Ooh. for a rainy day this year. And uh, just uh, like some some other games on your backlog that are like higher, like let's do one game that you've started that you would like to finish this year. One game you have bought but haven't started that you'd like to finish this year, and one game you have not bought but you would like to buy and start and finish this year. I can answer the all one of that them. I've... Started, but all of them know. came out before this year. Yes, right? yeah. Ooh, I don't know about buying one though. And if you that's don't have thing. one, it, that's fine. The wish, the I feel like, I don't know. Again, I'm curious, Ryan, if you decide to do this, your thoughts again. But um, I feel like it's kind of helped me not buy as many games <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> just because I'm like, yeah, I want this game, but I don't own it, and I know I have this whole list of games that I do want to play. So it's a little easier sometimes to be like, no, I'm not going to buy that. I'm going to go look at this list if I really need something new to play. But maybe that's not actually like the case. You know, I don't know. Um, I will tell you, though, for sure, a game that I want to play this year that I've already started and everything is Bloodborne. I really want to play Bloodborne. It's just a harder one to like find time for. You can't pause it. That's one like downfall of these FromSoft games. Because <laughs> even if you're playing offline, there's still not a pause button. I'm like, just let me have a pause button so I can pause it when my kid walks in and they don't have to watch An- me. Anti dad. Yeah. Witness me <laughs> fighting this like monstrosity, <laughs> blood everywhere. Like they don't. I don't want my kids to see that, and they're not gonna let us see that. It's gonna give them nightmares for months. So yeah, that's a that's a big issue, and it's also just a big. That's not a huge game. How long to beat has it at forty four hours? So it's smaller than others, but still long. And that's also a game where if you play for thirty minutes, you don't feel like you got a lot done. Oh, that's kind of an issue with that. Mm, yeah. What were the other two? I already forgot what your other. Uh, here, I'll I'll go through ones off the top of my head to remind you. So, gotcha. I'd like to beat Hades this year, and nice. I that's my game that I've started that I haven't finished. Uh, a game that I've bought that I'd like to get into. I mean, I have many. Uh, Dave the Diver 
is one of those. Uh, Dredge is another one. Oh yeah. Um, I uh, here this is actually a big one that I bought and I really do want to play. Is uh, Jedi Survivor. I got it on a pretty good sale on PlayStation, and I have not even cracked it at all. Um, and then a game I would like to buy and play through. I've got a few of those as well. Uh, Cocoon is one that I would like to do. Humanity is one that I was very interested in when that came out. Oh, yeah. Specifically, the VR mode. I don't know. There's a, there's a lot. Well, that's good. I can't think of one that I want to buy this year and play. Honestly, I should say one that I have bought though, and I haven't really started it besides like the first thirty minutes. I don't really count it as a Spider-Man Miles Morales. Still haven't played that. Great game. And you mean games that have ha, game not games that are releasing this year, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just to go with the the backlog four theme. Yeah. I don't have a lot of games on my list here specifically that are like high priority that I don't actually own, honestly. Yeah, Sea of Stars is another one I'm interested in. Oh yeah, that yeah. one does look really good. That. I was going to maybe mention that one as I'm looking through my list. Yeah. I could see myself picking up Dredge if it goes on a decent on a good sale this year. If I have time for it. It's not terribly long. Obra Dinn is another one that I would love to play through. I never did finish that one either. Hard. Uh, because of children, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 is still on my wish list, and I still think about it. I loved Hot Wheels Unleashed, and my kids recently played it again, and I was like, Oh, there was a second one. Go back and do that. See how they improved it. Yeah. One big, bigger game, I guess. It's not huge, but that I would like to buy and play. I don't know if I'll do it this year. Is Returnal. Mm. That one looks very good and very interesting to that me. That is one that I actually did try to go back to. And I still was not good enough. So I, I really want to play it. Again. Yeah. I'd like to play that one. Uh, I guess one that I should say that I, I haven't bought is God of War Ragnarok. I do really want to play that. Mm. Uh, yeah. I still haven't played the the other one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got it, though. It's there. Uh, one that is also still sitting on my wish list is Bomb Rush Cyberfunk which people loved, but it didn't seem to make a big splash when it finally came out. Yeah. I remember a lot of people being like, excited for it. On on Steam, it has overwhelmingly positive reviews, but I, I feel yeah. like nobody's 
talking about it, but it I, I still leave it on my wish list. I don't know if there's a game that like I I own that I'm for sure gonna go back and finish. Like I feel like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do Assassin's Creed three. I tried. <laughs> that was one that I've thought a lot about for a long time though. Hmm. And I finally started it and I was like, uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I also did, um, because thanks to PlayStation Plus, I own Dragon's Dogma. I did start that, and it was another one that I was like, I don't know if I need to play through all of this. I kind of get it after just a couple hours. <laughs> I also recently tried to revisit Red Dead Redemption 2, and I was like, this is so slow just getting from one thing to the next takes so oh, long yeah that's the one like big reason why that's not on my list at all honestly it just sounds like it takes way too long i mean it's supposed to be like immersive but if you're going into it thinking like i want to see the story i want to get this done it, there's so much about it that it's like I will. I can't just get this done. That's not how this game works. <laughs> yeah, I. I'm looking through my games on Steam to see if I could find one that Paul needs to play, and I'm not seeing anything. Do we do we all need to go and play uh, Half Life? Um, go what? Half Life. I do have the second one. I have the first one because it was free on Steam one time. <laughs> and by one time, I mean also. I think we should just mention uh, subscription services make the backlog even more complicated. I feel like. Because, like, for me, I have PlayStation Plus Extra. And every now and then they, they throw something on there that I'm like, hey, I was always interested in that. Am I going to play it? Like, I started Roller Drome, which I was really interested in when it was first announced. Um, and I did enjoy it. I actually put in uh, a few hours. Let's see if it'll tell me. Uh, but it's one of those games where it's like, you finish the level and then you have to play it like five more times because you want to get the like the perfect score and stuff. And that got that got stressful really fast, like faster than usual with these kinds of games. Um and I was like, I I don't wanna push myself to like perfect this to get these scores on all of these things. And it like kind of turned me off on the game, but like I would not have gone back and bought Roller Drome, but because it was given to me by PlayStation Plus, I did download it and play it for a while. And so I feel like that happens a lot too, where games I was half interested in, because I have a subscription that suddenly gives it to me for free, 
it bumps it up to, okay, I'm actually, I'm going to try it now. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And that's honestly part of the reason why I'm afraid of subscription services. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. I already own too many things to play and to add another like <laughs> source of games to play. Right. I also feel like if I'm not playing games on the subscription I'm paying for, I'm not getting my money's worth, and that stresses me out too. I see. So subscription I has been such a boon to me as a as a dad, because my kids have such short attention spans that they're like constantly wanting new games, and it's like, well, just go find another family friendly looking one, and they'll try it, and it's like, it, um, it's been, it's been awesome that way. Um, yeah. So many Paw Patrol games that I haven't had to pay for. <laughs> oh yeah, Nobody Saves the World is another one that's the same scenario where PlayStation Plus gave it out and I was like, oh yeah, I was interested in that. It's made by the same people who made Guacamelee, which I love. And I I tried it and I was like, okay. Like, I get it. And I didn't feel the need to like spend a bunch of time in it. I don't know. Yeah. I guess that's the other problem is when you have a huge collection if something doesn't hook you it's just like this high risk of just abandoning it <laughs> Yeah, I really think that's okay though uh, I personally don't see much of an issue with that because I don't know I'd rather try something out have it not hook me and then be able to just move on and go to the next thing instead of feeling like I'm spending my time where I wouldn't enjoy it as much, you know? But it is fun to go back and experience games that like do hook you, that you missed out on. It's always a good feeling, to me at least. Yeah, I, so, I yeah. agree. But uh, I guess I'd also be curious, listeners, your thoughts on backlogs. If anyone's managing a backlog in any way, like this spreadsheet, it'd be cool to hear. Um, or if people just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Am I, 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 I don't just have a read on our listeners. Over here with my spreadsheets of games. Yeah, I mean, for some people, I think the backlog is just, hey, I have Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I... I'm going to play this until I get all the trophies. And then that's their next two years of video games. Uh, sounds stressful to me. <laughs> and then there's some people who get all the trophies and then are like, that was fun. I'm going to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. I envy those people. I think... I guess to kind of wrap this up, unless anyone else has something to add real quick. Um, but to wrap this up, in the end, play the games you want to play, how you want to play them. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. So, you know, enjoy what you want to enjoy. And I hope you enjoy it. And I hope it brings you joy. <laughs> it's beautiful. Beautiful. I do want to hear people's opinions about backlogs, though. 
I would be very curious. I would even, if people are interested at all, I would be happy to share like my spreadsheet in the Discord if people want to look at it. And they can be like, this is a low priority for you. It should be high. And then they can judge me some more about my choices. But, um, and then I'll probably make a spreadsheet about red delicious apples and Tootsie Rolls and stuff just to stoke the fire <laughs> some more. Um, yeah. So let us know in the discord what you think about backlogs. If you have a backlog, what's a, what's a game that you would like to go back and play if you had all the time in the world to play whatever you want, what would you go back and play? Um, let us know in our discord, the links in the show notes, um, or you can email us at chance time podcast at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, have a happy chance time day. Thanks for coming to see James. Thank you for coming to see James. Oh, you should wish list his game. Oh yeah. Panda run. I'll plug that for sure. On steam. Big day. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for later. Bye. Bye. Bye.